1: Welcome to another Arseblog Arsecast, and this is, tonight, the laid-back Arsecast. And I say tonight because I actually mean today, but because this Arsecast is so laid-back, I'm not going to go back and edit that out. That's just the way it's going to happen with this particular Arsecast. Not that my standards have become less exacting, but I'm chilled out here. Normally I sit up straight, and tonight I'm leaning back in my chair... You can hear the creak. Oh, yeah. That was my back, by the way, and not the chair. It's been a good week in terms of Arsenal, on the pitch and off the pitch. On the pitch, of course. We go through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, and uh, we beat Everton. Three points to take us uh, higher into second place and uh, keep pace a bit with Manchester United. Off the pitch, we've all this sesk Fabregas stuff after David Moyes' comments, and those are things that we'll examine in greater detail uh, between now and the end of the show, and the impact that they might have, certainly in a positive way for the club, despite the fact many of us got a bit, um, well, annoyed and, you know, upset about some of the, the media coverage of what was essentially a great big storm in a teacup, but I think that it's going to be a positive thing for Arsenal, and we'll talk about that uh, a bit more later on. So, uh, to tell you who's on the show a bit later on, I'll be talking to Julian H., from Gingers for limpar about all the bits and pieces. Um, Arshavin is here. Internet Joe will be along. We've got an in-depth analysis, scientific at that, of the media coverage of uh, the Sesc Fabrigas incident. And we'll be looking ahead to the Newcastle game coming up this weekend. And what else? Well, I don't know, whatever else there happens to be between now and the end of the show. So uh, since the last Arshcast and this Arshcast, we've... We've gone through in the FA Cup, even though we didn't make quite hard work of that. We should have probably uh, not found that as difficult as we did. Um, tackling is something that we don't appear to be very good at at times. Like that guy who, uh, who went on the run, not on the run like he was escaping the law. The guy who went on the run straight through the middle of our defense uh, on, on Sunday, he just picked the ball up on the right-hand side and kicked it past one player and ran onto it and kicked it past another and ran onto it. I mean, there was no great skill involved in it. And we still couldn't tackle him. De Nielsen did his thing where he thinks that by waving his leg at an opponent, it somehow will stop him and also win the ball back for Arsenal. I don't know where he learned to tackle But um, he needs to go back and get some more classes. And then, obviously, Scalacci uh, found himself, well, wrong-sided or just, you know, uh, it was bad. It was quite bad, that tackle, in the sense that it was terrible. I don't mean terrible in, in the sense that it was injurious or would cause pain or damage. Just really, really bad in terms of technique. And he got a red card. And although we were one up through Nicholas Bentner's wonder goal... Um, you were a little bit worried about that. And Song came on and played second half at uh, center half. And, well, fair play to Huddersfield. They gave it a real go. And, uh, geez, well, when you think about the amount of chances they had and the the save that Almunia made, um, it's a surprise they didn't score more. But uh, as we Arsenal fans well know, if you don't score the goals when you get the chances, quite often you end up, you know, in the shit. And that's what happened with Huddersfield. Uh, there was a penalty. Bentner was fouled eight yards from goal, and apparently this is a yellow card. As opposed to when you're fouled 35 yards from goal, that's an immediate red card. So those are the vagaries of referees. I don't understand it. I don't know how you can possibly say the uh, the Scalacci red card was any more of a red card than the Bentner one. The Bentner one eight yards from goal. Now, maybe the referee said, well, it was Bentner. Probably wasn't a clear goal scoring opportunity. In fairness, he would have fresh air kick, fallen over, kicked it out for a throw. These are the things that Bender normally does. I'm kidding, of course. I like Nick, but maybe that was his thinking on it. I don't know. But it's strange when you get a red card for 35 yards out and not one for eight yards out. But it didn't make any difference because we scored and went through. And uh, Huddersfield, well, they can feel proud of themselves and We can forget about Huddersfield because, well, we're probably not going to have to play them again for a good long time. And then came Everton on uh, Tuesday night and the Saha goal, well, it was as offside as offside can be. There are so many people uh, arguing this one. Uh, Whether Koscielny's pass was deliberate, whether it was a deliberate pass or a deliberate touch or intentional this or whatever. But they could make things a lot fucking easier, couldn't they? By just saying, well, if the guy's offside when the first guy plays the ball, that's offside. That's it. That way, there's absolutely no confusion. If he's offside when Coleman plays it, he's offside when the ball comes to him, regardless of who it hits. If it smashed off Juru's bollocks and whacked Koscielny in the face and landed in Saha's but he's still offside. It doesn't make any difference. They make the offside rule too complicated, by far. Interfering with play, that whole thing for a while where they said there had to be clear daylight, or, well, this was the thing that Sky said, there had to be clear daylight, even though there never did have to be clear daylight. Offside should be just offside. And if someone is offside and is in the way, then the whole thing is offside. Like uh, at Aston Villa when John Carew was standing in front of Fabianski and he couldn't see the shot. Only when the ball went in the net he could see the shot because John fucking Carew was standing in an offside position in the goalkeeper's way. That should be offside. Is he interfering with play? doesn't matter. He's offside. So uh, Arsenal were understandably upset by the whole thing, and I can understand that. And then we had the halftime, and some things were said going into the tunnel. But those things that were said, uh, we'll touch on a little bit later on. Um, but what was good was that we channeled the frustration and the injustice that we felt into our performance. And I have to say, for a while, it didn't look as if we were going to get the goals. But when we did, fantastic. Arshavin, glad to see him get a goal on top of the uh, the couple of assists he got in the, uh, in the Carling Cup. And maybe, just maybe, he's turning a corner. It might be the corner before the corner that brings him back onto the main strip. But we can hope that it's a corner nonetheless. And Lauren Koscielny, well, he's, uh, he's finding the goal a bit now. And apparently it's all to do with his girlfriend being pregnant. She should be pregnant all the time if this is how he plays. Because you suspect it's quite a new thing. The way he did his Look at My Fat Belly celebration when he scored the goal the other week. You suspect it's quite new. If only she had the gestation period of a... Well, has a really long gestation period. Elephants or giraffes or some shit. Like 24 months. I mean, it wouldn't be much good for her, but from an arsenal point of view, I think we'd benefit. So if there are any um scientists out there who might prolong the pregnancy of Ms. Cascielny, I think you've got a duty to do something about that. Eh? They'll get their baby eventually. Might be a touch bigger than they hoped at first. But there you go. Arsenal will have won things and Cassiani will have continued to play well. So uh, those were the wins. FA Cup, very good. Um, the league, three points, very good. And important three points as well, considering that United won and Chelsea won. And um, Spurs, did they win? I don't, yeah, I think they won as well. So important points and we are now on our own in second place, and uh, the rest of the season is going to be uh, very interesting indeed. Anyway, uh, before we uh, crack on and have a chat with the gingers for Limpar, here's Internet Joe. we oh, Internet Joe, and here's me 22nd roundup. Huddersfield in the FA Cup, 10-0, no bother. Banner, you're shy. Banner, you're deadly. Scalacci, you don't. They score. We're going to
2: lose. Doom, 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 doom. Penalty, Saskia! Everything offside, ref. Ref, that's fucking offside, you fu- what, what, what the fuck, what, what that arm's like? We are fucked. Ash, i never dealt it. You can certainly kind of get in there. We take the three points. David Moses is a bugly old one
1: Never a truer word spoken. Still to come, we'll have that scientific analysis of the Sesc Media Furore. Our Shavin is here. We'll be looking ahead to the Newcastle game. But now to discuss all the bits and pieces that have been going on, including some of the Sesc stuff, because you just can't avoid it, I'm delighted to welcome back to the show Julian H. from Gingers for Limpar. Hello there. Hi. Let's talk about Sesc, if we might, because Mm -hmm. uh, there's been quite a lot uh, said about him in the last couple of days in the light of... David Moyes' comments at the end of the Arsenal-Everton game, and for for many people, for, for myself included, they're, they're purely deflectionary tactics to take away from mm. the fact that that his team lost the game, but uh, the media seem to have taken it upon themselves to pick up David Moyes' comments, which were of dubious veracity, you might say, and run with them, and we've seen all kinds of articles about how Fabregas is losing the plot, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. There's been quite a quite a kick up, you know, particularly online about it. Well, what do you make of the number one the uh, the pieces by the, in the media and two the reaction from the sort of online Arsenal community? Well, I, I, I think
3: um, I was disappointed that that, that Moyes did this because he's one of the one of the managers in the league. actually one of the only managers in the league actually who, who I've got time for. Um, I, I, I think generally he you know he's, he's one of the more um, decently behaved and intelligent managers, and it was, it was disappointing to see, um, to, to, to see him sort of, uh, doing the kind of thing that we associate with, with, uh, worse managers and, 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 with worse people as well, being blunt. So I can kind of forgive him, um, for, for snapping after the game. I think we all snap at games and after games. I certainly do several times a game. Um, and, and I think that's forgivable. The, the media reaction is, uh, if, if you like, uh, perhaps predictable, but but, but less excusable than, um, than than what Moy said. I mean, it's interesting. I, um, you know, I'm I'm standing in a, in a in a, um, a sort of uh, to use a metaphor Fleet Street boardroom as as we talk, and and one of the things that we try and do here is is not just follow um, what all the other papers do, because there is this. You know this real sheep mentality at times when when papers, you know, in lieu of having real stories, just all decide to to interpret something in the same way and 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 make a big deal out of nothing. And that's exactly what's happened here. And um, and I, I'm just really echoing the the thoughts of uh, of most Arsenal fans, which is just um, it's just too often that this seems to be us. This seems and specifically seems to be aimed at our foreign players um for for months and months and years, in fact, Wayne Rooney every game is is swearing at rest, punching you know punching the air um just there's this torrent of ill behavior and and, and nothing is you know this this is translated as passion and something that you can 't remove from his game, otherwise his game suffers, and we all know how good his game's been over the last twelve months and um and and yet yeah we you know, when it comes to when it comes to a um uh, a, a foreign player who, who tends to frustrate people largely because he never gives the ball away um, it's it, it, it's created into, into a story and and it's annoying but I think it was a uh, fact like Chris I can't remember his other name on Twitter who, who was saying uh, this morning like bring it on this is a this is when we get the best out of the team is when we have this back-to-the-wall mentality. Yeah. And that's something which um, I have to say I used to think was more the case in previous times. Um, uh, I, I remember I, I almost used to look forward to occasions when decisions would go against us and, and everyone would turn against us because it tended to bring out the best in the team. And yeah. that's not hasn't so much been the case in recent years, but I'd, I'd like to think that's something we can get back to and, and you know... Um, yeah. Uh, and and see the team sort of bind together and and,
1: and fight. Mm, That was going to be actually my next point, because it has been a case that sort of the better we've done or the better the team is playing, the more these stories appear. So we can take perhaps Mm. some small measure of comfort from the fact that something like this is happening because we are second in the league and fighting away. But there has been, perhaps uh, over the last few years, Arsenal fans have got very... Inward-looking. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, from being online yourself, that there there are not. I wouldn't say factions, but there are people who are on very, very different sides, and so much so that acronyms have been born to describe one set of fans against another set of fans. And and really, the 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 common enemy is not other Arsenal fans; it's everyone else. You know, we've been too introspective in a way, and the failings of the team have been far too that they've been the focus for too long, and now. When we're on the, the brink of, I suppose, uh, having a real title challenge, something like this could be very beneficial from the fans' point of view because it's reflected in the stadium as well, isn't it? You could hear it the other night when, when the offside decision went in and, and the players felt the injustice and we felt the injustice. Uh, you know, th- that perhaps that's something that will create. I, I, I know it's the old Millwall thing, no one likes us, we don't care, but you know, there is that siege mentality that does work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I
3: I think a lot of us a lot of us think that that, that the Millwall phrase sh- should have been adopted by the Arsenal instead. And um, I mean, I don't want to I don't want <laughs> to sort of criticise factionism by by being factional. I I, I have myself have criticised elements of the home fans in, uh, in you know for the last five to six months because uh, I, I do think there's. Um, uh, some of the support has well, that there hasn't been support at times, and a lot of frustration is is let out on 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 certain players who, who often are playing appallingly badly. In fairness, but um, but but it clearly doesn't help them. And and, and to have to have something which um, which uh, yeah takes that attention um, away from a potentially off-form player and 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 focuses on 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 the real enemy which is of course the other side and and the referee half the time mm. um is uh is is something which which hopefully will have a positive effect and um Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that carries forward, um, into the, into the next games. Maybe, maybe that's even why Diaby played better on the, on the weekend and (laughs) that suddenly, suddenly, you know, uh, losing a ball wasn't, wasn't going to make people as angry as, Mm. uh, as uh, as angry as it had done against Huddersfield when, when, when the performance was, was so bad and, and was therefore the sort of focus of, of,
1: of everyone's ire. Let's, um, let's talk about the performances and the last two performances because mm. uh, Huddersfield, and you and you talked about the lack of performance, but I think it perhaps, um, it, not that it didn't get mentioned, but it's sort of overlooked um, is that Arsenal played the entire second half with, with only 10 men. Um, mm. And I think that's been sort of overlooked. I'm not trying to say the performance was brilliant, but there are sort of mitigating circumstances. Nevertheless, they played mm. with 10 men, uh, rode, rode our luck a little bit, um, and and got the winning goal in the end, and the same with Everton to an extent, because you know we we could have uh, we could have taken that injustice and sulked. Instead, we turned it around, and um, I, I perhaps the last two performances have shown that there's there really is a bit of character to this team.
3: Mm, yeah, well, the, I I think it, it was strange. I agree that the the, the performance. Um, so Once we were down to 10 men, it was criticized so much. I mean, I do think it could have been better. We could have done more like we did at Sunderland and then kept the ball, um, better at, at certain times. But, um, but, but really, you know, the, the, the gap between, um, uh, between the first goal and, and, and the sending off, for me, that was the period when, when we really disappointed because the, the team just seemed to, um, seem to be just become incredibly complacent once the goal, uh, once we've scored. Um, and, and, and that's something which does worry me a bit. I mean, in a way, this is this is something which has afflicted Arsenal teams for a while, but which is, you know, it, it, it's all very well kind of fighting and bringing in Sesc when when things get tough, but really you should be putting in that amount of effort all the time, um, or at least only stepping off the gas once your three or four goals are, not, not when you only one go up, um, and this is obviously what you know people get annoyed about with the Oles, at uh, the ground as well. As this you know this, this strange um, habit we have of of, of, um, of of going lax when when really the situation doesn't warrant it. But that said, I think that's something which which you know Huddersfield. Well, I think that's something perhaps the sort of our, our top first 11 have understood. And if you look at recent results, it's hard to avoid the fact that when we've really put out our best team, we've actually been winning games 3-0, um, which is, if you like, the sort of perfect um, sort of closing off of a game scoreline where you know, the problems have come against Leeds and Huddersfield when um, when Venga in my opinion, has selected some um, some, some first 11s, which, who, don't play that well together. Which I think Bentner, Arsham and Shamak is a very odd front three to, mm. to, to, to put together. Um, so, so, yeah, at the, at the moment, it's, it's kind of hard to tell, isn't it? Because you're having, um, like, great performance, um, intertwined with, with shoddy performance, mm. and, um, uh, although I suppose that's the that's the story of the whole of the whole league this year and other divisions as
1: well. Mm. Let's um, let's talk about uh, Wojciech Chesney, uh for a moment mm. because uh, Lukasz Fabianski has been ruled out for the rest of the season. At the moment, Czesny is the man uh, between the sticks and the man in whom the manager has uh, faith. Uh, he's going to start the next game. And if he does well, he'll start the next game after that. It's, it's uh, unfortunate for Fabianski because he turned things around um, after last season uh, and had done pretty well. But uh, this is a huge opportunity for Chesney. And it's sort of on, on moments like this or incidents.
0: Imagine if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time. Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Candy.
1: like this, that careers can be made. We look at Ashley Cole, who probably would have been uh, moved on to Crystal Palace if Silvino's passport hadn't been found out. So, uh, you know, there's a little bit of luck required along the way. Um, He does look to have something about him. But, uh, you know, between now and the end of the season, there's a lot of games, a lot of high pressure games. He's being chucked in right at the very top. Um, uh, how do you feel about him? Do you reckon he's he's got the confidence? Well, I don't suppose anyone could question his confidence, but um, he's mm. going to be tested between now and the end of the season, perhaps more than he has been up until now.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm almost tempted to say that I'm, I'm the last person who should be judging goalkeepers, given that I have to hold my hands up. And so I very rarely... Um, Write off players. In fact, I get quite a bit of criticism for being too kind to certain players, but, but Fabianski I'd completely written off for months and months and months and had had many strops about the fact that he was going in the team. Mm-hmm. So his, his turnaround in form, and I have to admit, has completely astonished me. Um, I'm, usually, I'm usually not surprised to see our players. Um, improve very quickly because because you know that's what Wenger does. He takes a player who um, who other people can't see the potential in, and then suddenly it clicks, and and you know they become like industry has this season. But um, two players that have really surprised me have been Song and uh, from a couple of years ago, his transformation, and now Fabianski as well. Um, but As you say, uh, I mean the the, the, the sort of the almost indescribable thing about Chesney. He he just has an aura, and um, I think a lot of us have seen that for a very long time. It's it's hard to say what that is. It's hard to say why. Um, it gives the impression of. Um, of of being potentially you know, a, a, a sort of long term uh, number one that but, but he really does. I mean, I remember against West Ham. I mean, we, we were winning anyway, but there was a cross that came in and and he spilt the cross and then caught it again and and people were actually laughing. Um, because I, I don't, I don't, the, I don't. The confidence in him is, is just, is just so much more inherent. Whereas it, you know, if that had been Almunia or, or perhaps even Fabianski, there'd have been groans. But with um, Chesney, it, it's almost like every even when he spilled it, everyone knew he was going to catch it again. It was, um, and um, and yeah. To answer your question, it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out. This is, uh, you you would think it's it would be impossible for Zenitz to to drop him. Um again if he if he uh if he does well for for the for the next or three months, um I mean he really does have an opportunity to, to take that position. I mean who else how you know it really is his to lose. It's hard to see how how else it could. Um slip out of his hands if you excuse a
1: horrific pun <laughs> all right better leave it there uh, julian h from gingers for limpire thank you very much Cheers, mate. thank you very much indeed to julian h from gingers that's uh, gingers that's where they do their blogging uh, www.gingersforlimpar.com. where the four is a four and not a four if you get me the number four and not the word four or not the word four the two fours are not either of those words because it's the number four and you find them on Twitter as well. Twitter.com forward slash Gingers4Limpar and the four, it's the whole same thing as the four from the last one. So don't ask me to explain it again. Still to come, we'll be talking a little bit more about sesk and the media and all that kind of stuff. But right now, our shavin.
4: Hello, I am in and uh, this week uh, not happy, even though uh, should be happy is a bad time for me because uh, we play game on Tuesday and I am a substitute and uh, come on and uh, make equalizer and uh, later only score and we have that, uh, you know, everyone on top of uh, other, like we do at a party in Chesney's house uh, sometimes, but uh, not with uh, oil on the uh, pitch, but... After game, we are in dressing room and uh, everybody shouting and happy and singing and Hebu uh, dancing. But uh, this is normal, no? Win game, boy dance. Lose game, Hebu dance. Is Monday, Hebu dance. Is lunchtime, Hiboué dance. So this is not important. But um, after game, Arsene uh, said to me, Andre I have a uh, lot of um, belief confidence in you and uh, I have bet with Pat rice that uh, you will score again and I say uh, thank you boss is uh, very good and he say I bet uh, you score again before <laughs> before Carlos Vela score goal <laughs> and I go Oh, I'm so funny. But inside I want to kill him. It's like to say, I have two invites for party. One for you, other for Gary Neville. And uh, I suppose I choose you. Carlos Vela scored goal. Have not heard anything as ridiculous since uh, they say Vermaelen will play again this season.
1: He's all lies. Uh, we'll have more from Irish on another cast in the very near future. Now back to the sesk thing, and it's it's kind of interesting. It it does interest me the way uh, the media react. Sorry, that's my uh, that's my back creaking again. But it does interest me the way the media pick up on certain things and the, the impact that it has on on everyone else. And it it sort of puts me in mind slightly of the whole Ramsey thing. You know, after Shawcross broke his leg that time. Arsenal fans forgot that they hated each other and forgot that they hated the team, which was a good thing. As I mentioned on the Arscast when we spoke about it, there were perhaps a little bit inward looking. And when we had that common enemy, and the enemy being Shawcross and Stoke and Pulis and the Stoke fans and all the media pundits who said he wasn't that kind of a player, we were more united. There was more, I don't know how to describe it, more gumph to us as a as a fan base. And this sesque thing as well, it's, it's sort of the same because it's ludicrous. Nobody is questioning why David Moyes has broken the sanctity of the tunnel. It's like the confessional or fight club. You just don't talk about it. What happens in the tunnel stays in the tunnel. And Arsene Wenger said, you would be amazed if I told you some of the things that went on in the tunnel the last 10 years. And, you know, I've got a good imagination, but I suspect I could still be amazed by some of the things that Arsene Wenger might tell me. And we know there's been stuff that's gone on in the tunnel that's come out slightly and, you know, pizzas and and all that kind of stuff. But generally what happens in there stays in there. And David Moyes, unprompted, decides to talk about it on television for no good reason other than to take away from the fact his team lost. So you have these media outlets doing the role of dishonor. Sesc Fabregas, Arsenal captain's role of dishonor. And this is from the Telegraph. They list a number of incidents, right? First one, Mark Hughes. He asked me if I play for Barcelona. And when I said yes, he shook his head as in disbelief. Then he said, well, that wasn't Barcelona football. Mark Hughes was managing Blackburn. At the time, you might remember Blackburn, the way they played football under Mark Hughes. Okay. Sesk was 19 and he apologized for it uh, shortly afterwards. So he said something a little bit mean to Mark Hughes. Well, hands up, who hasn't thought about doing that? Okay, you can put your hands down now, everyone. David Moyes. This is the second one. Fabregas obviously has a broken jaw, or he would not have rolled around like he did. This was after uh, Mikel Arteta raised his hands uh, to Fabregas, and it was all a bit lame, but it was nothing an Everton player wouldn't have done. Anyway, when a player raises their hands, they're going to get sent off. That's simple as that. So again, nothing much in that. Uh, Then the next roll of dishonor is... With scoring opportunities, he is even more selfish than I am. Given the chance to shoot, he always goes for it, unlike me, said Alexander Kleb, which would explain why Sesk scores lots of goals and Kleb scored fuck all. Hardly a dishonor. Phil Brown, their club captain, spat at the feet of my assistant. Whichever way you want to look at it, it was a disgraceful act. Uh, they found Sesk had no case to answer there. You might also remember that Phil Brown's other complaints was that Sesk was wearing clothes on the pitch. He was wearing clothes. Wigan manager Roberto Martinez on winning a penalty in 2011. In England, it's cheating. In South America, Spain, Italy, it's being clever. There was contact, but it was soft. So it was a penalty then. Right, okay, moving on. Fibergas is the captain, but he's not a leader, says De Nielsen. Well... I have to say, I don't put a great deal of stock in anything that De Nielsen says. With his wavy leg, his tongue could have the same problem as his leg. Just waving it around, hoping that he gets the ball. So I I don't take that. And how is that necessarily dishonourable? And anyway, it's a load of bollocks, because we know that Sesk is a leader, given the impact that he has when he comes on the pitch and leads the team to good performances in games and scores goals and crucial penalties and all that kind of stuff. Huddersfield midfielder Anthony Pilkington, two lads asked him for his shirt and he told them to fuck off. Sick player, but what a tit. He then deleted those tweets after Sess came out and said, well, 10 Huddersfield players asked me for my shirt, and, you know, I can't give them all a shirt. I gave away the two I had, so he was just a twat. And the final one, David Moyes, I should have been sent off for his comments about the officials coming out of the tunnel. It was disgusting. I won't be repeating it, but maybe someone will for you. And as I said in the blog, it was disgusting? How is that disgusting? Anyone who's ever played football at any level knows that... When the referee gives a decision like that against you, there's always someone who will go, oh, how much are you being paid, ref? Everyone. That's not disgusting. I can think of a million things that are more disgusting than that, which would have been worthy of a red card. I'm not even going to go into them now because they're just not, well, what's the point of going into disgusting this? So this is what they've rolled out for Cesc Fabregas. This is their role of Shame. He said something. Someone else did something to him which saw that someone else sent off. He scores more goals than Alexander Kleb. He didn't spit and wore some clothes. Someone fouled him and he won a penalty. De Nielsen said something. A Huddersfield player got something wrong on Twitter. And David Moyes, well, he's talking out of his hole. Wow. Certainly that deserves the kind of media coverage that it's got. Because, you know, it's truly a disgrace to football the way he's acted. Real footballers roast. Real footballers wait until their best friend has been transferred to a club up north. Then they go around to comfort their best friend's girlfriend. Comfort her right in the ghee. Real footballers They go over the top of the ball. Real footballers break legs, drive drunk, and when they get caught, they tell people they're Ashley Cole. Real footballers, well, they hold their clubs to ransom in the middle of a season. After a terrible World Cup, in which they call all their nation's fans um, assholes or whatever it was, that's what real footballers do. Real footballers tell the ref to fuck off and call him a fucking cunt because they're passionate that's what real footballers do. None of this namby-pamby playing well, leading your team, scoring goals, being a consistently good player. Shit like Cesc Fabregas. What a fucking disgrace to football he is. Seriously, it's no wonder people went a bit mad. You know, I know it's not the worst thing in the world, and I know Cesc will probably brush it off because you know he's clever enough and he can see it. And, You know, I'm sure he's not particularly bothered what people like Matt Barlow and um, whatever that guy in the Telegraph. uh, What's his name? Who put this article together? Uh, They didn't even put a byline on it. That'll tell you. The one in the Telegraph, they didn't even put anyone's name on it. That's how fucking ridiculous it is. Because they knew just putting it up there was stupid. So they didn't put anyone's name on it so no one on Twitter could call them a cunt. So uh the whole thing has just been uh, quite ridiculous but I wanted to get a little bit more into the nuts and bolts of it and to find out why it is that the media act like this why do they seem to pick on Arsenal and uh, joining me now on the show to discuss that is the world renowned professor of mediology professor Godfrey Twatchlock uh, welcome to the Arscast. Well, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be back on the show. Well, thank you very much for being here. Um, Dr. Twatschlock, a lot of Arsenal fans are very unhappy mm-hmm. at the media coverage that the club gets, and particularly this mm-hmm. week, the stories involving Cesc Fabregas. Well, that's perfectly understandable. So what we've asked you and your researchers to do uh, is to look at things and, and try and find an explanation as to why this appears to be happening quite often to Arsenal and Arsenal players. Well, I have to tell you, this was certainly one of the most Challenging experiences of my life.
2: There are so many things involved, so many football clubs and players, so many journalists, newspapers, magazines, websites, etc., etc., that it was almost impossible to figure it out. However, we came up with a formula. You see, what you do is you take the name of the journalist and you add it to the reputation of the company they work for, multiplied by that particular publication's online presence. Then you take the name of the club its position in the league, and also the number of years that club may have gone without winning a trophy. Add in some other variables about the player that you're looking for, uh, such as, is he captain? Does he have what they call previous? And then what you do is you divide that by the square root of his foreignness. Okay, now we have a figure. Then you take that figure, and if the player in question comes from a country that has won the World Cup since 1966, you must multiply it by six divided by Jimmy Greaves. Then what we did was we fed all that information into our supercomputer, and it gave us the answer, uh,
1: which was well, they're all cunts. And that is why we pay you the big money. Professor Godfrey Treichlock. thank you very much indeed. You're very welcome. Thank you. So all that remains is for us to take a quick look ahead to the game at the weekend. Um, injury news is that, uh, well, Lukas Fabianski is out for the rest of the season, so it's a big, big chance for Wojciech Chesney. Um, As I said to uh, Julian H. earlier on, it's funny the way football goes because... Uh, a few months ago, he wasn't sure what was going to happen to him. He didn't know if he was going to sign a new deal, and now he is the number one at the club and has a big, big chance in front of him to make that number one position his own between now and the end of the season. Apart from that, Alex Song is out, and, um well, he could be out for more than one game, but hopefully the week off next week, uh, we'll see him right. He's out. Theo Walcott is back in. Don't know about the Nielsen yet, but apart from that, I think everybody is more or less fit and ready. Um Newcastle, well, we want a bit of revenge on them because, well, the 1-0 win at home, Andy Carroll scoring the goal... Um, Yeah, we need a bit of revenge for that because it was a game we shouldn't have lost. Uh, The 35 million in the bank isn't going to do Newcastle any good tomorrow. Andy Carroll wouldn't have played anyway, so the fact that he's gone to Liverpool uh, makes a little difference to us. But uh, we've just got to keep things going. We've got to show the same spirit and determination that we have done in the games recently, and uh, I think we can go and win this. Alan Pardew is the manager. He annoys me. His very face annoys me. So I'd like to see us get some uh, goals on the score sheet and, and really make Parju's life not very happy and perhaps make Mike Ashley's life not very happy either. Because if they took a right pasting after selling their best striker, common sense tells you that he wouldn't have been playing anyway and it wouldn't make any difference. But, you know, all these things can sort of add up over time. And I'd like to see us go into this break, um, even though it's a small interlull next week, Um, on the back of a good result. And there's the other thing. Next week is an interlal. And uh, we've got to hope that the players that go away come back safe and sound. Um, It hasn't always happened, but maybe this time, just once. Just once, it might just happen. So uh, fingers crossed for that. Anyway, uh, we better leave it there. Um, Have a good weekend. Talk to you all next week on the blog. And, of course... On next week's Arscast. So uh, until then, here's the three points tomorrow. Cheers. Bye bye. It's me again, Sylvester! I've just come back to say
2: something about the Sesk Favregas situation. I've read the stories in the newspaper and I cannot believe it. Sesk is a wonderful player, a fantastic captain, and a great example to everybody at the football club. And the way the media are treating him it is a disgrace, a disgrace, I tell you. I know for a fact that every single Arsenal player is 100% behind him. Although, to be fair, I would pay good money to be 100% behind him. Oh, baby! Won't you tell me now? If you wanna fun, let me show you how. Do you wanna fun with me? Do you wanna fun with me?
0: This holiday season, treat yourself.